If you're getting this message, it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of Texas. Stand by for more critical information to follow. Many Bothans died getting this message. Cool. Alright, we're back. We're back. Recording. We're all fired up now, so. <laughs> we're just going through history. 45 minutes. <laughs> it, man, I don't know where the time goes. It's insane. Like we're just getting warmed up talking about history and I don't talk about the sun, <laughs> but the the fighting though it, it is like you're saying there it was kind of like in England, right? They're fighting it's it's more tribal and it seems to happen more often. But as it gets bigger, you you know unite England, and then it's country against country, and it it almost seems more decisive, right? Like, what do you mean you have, decisive? You know, if you just, well, I don't, because like you're talking about, or I was talking about whatever, the 30 years war, the 60 years war, whatever, you know, you have England and France just going at each other for generations. But in the more modern history, you have like a world war one. And it's over four years because people just get so efficient at killing each other that you run out of people. And you yeah. have to take a break. That's why you take a little break between World War One, World War Two, to, you know, raise the next generation and then go slaughter them again. But it ends quickly and it doesn't drag out for generation after generation. I don't yeah, so I mean, I guess if you look at it like that, like we probably are due for a war now, because like, yeah, we just got out of like a twenty-year plus war, but you know that's enough time to raise generation to fight again. Yeah, yeah and it's not in you know it's not Americans because we didn't lose enough people to actually make a dent. You know, we'd lost nobody. That was like a police action in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, and not to take away from the people who did die, but. Um, the, the countries that we were in is who we freaking bled dry. And now, you know, which, which is kind of weird. Repopulated enough again. Like, that's weird to me that, you know, we're in that, we're in Afghanistan, Iraq for so long, you know, whatever, 22 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, like just like destroying these people, destroying this area and then now we're like i don't know and then we take in a bunch of refugees like basically for so this is like weird conspiracy pessimism but do you think like we i don't know like partially went to war to bring in voters it could be like I, I, but I, that, I don't know that doesn't sound great brought in from over there what's that <clears throat> i think it was an excuse to make money i i was i was thinking about this yesterday as somebody was talking about just dropped you know oh we were at war for 20 years i was like oh yeah what what was that about <laughs> <laughs> you think about it what 
what was the reason? I mean, like you said, there's that's a possible reason is to bring in a bunch of people. I don't know the numbers offhand. I've never heard that we brought in a bunch of people from over there. Um, but I mean, aside just, from that, what? Well, sorry, what? I'd kind of interject. No, that. what was it about? <clears throat> I mean, opium. You know, you're talking about like raising money. Like, yeah, the you know military industrial complex. Obviously, they're going to make tons of money. Nikki Haley's bosses at Boeing are going to make and Lockheed are going to make tons of money. <laughs> um, yeah. But then uh, the opium trade, so our intel mm. agencies can get their black budget money. Isn't that that is something that? I hadn't heard until recently, but you have examples going way back of uh, like Marines guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan. And yeah, it was like, oh, well, we have to we can't destroy the poppy fields because these people need to make a living. And it's a big deal. If you think perhaps the United States was in Afghanistan to protect the opium trade and morphine, all these opiates for a global trade. And now look what happened. As soon as we left, we all of a sudden have this fentanyl crisis. It didn't really happen while we were there. It happened almost exactly as we were leaving, almost like somebody figured out how to make it cheaper than actually growing the opium itself. (laughs) (laughs) you know like a patent expired or something like that because that's i mean why the hell we were were we in afghanistan for 20 years there's nothing there there's not oil there's not even civilization is from some random excuse because supposedly some terrorists trained there once it just it doesn't make any sense to me I mean, before, I don't know, we should have, if this was like an actual, and this is why it's weird to me, because if this was an actual war where like you go in, you stop or like kill the bad guys and then you're done, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just traditionally for thousands and thousands of years, that's how war has been fought. But then when you go there and you occupy, say, okay, well now, now what's that about? And like mm-hmm. this like nation building thing is like, nah, like that. I don't buy that for a second. Cause that's just, unless, I mean, that's not unless, how, what? Oh, unless, unless what? you're making a bunch of money off of the nation building. Well, yeah. I mean, they throw out like the giant like government contracts, but like, I mean, look at Afghanistan now versus 20 years ago. Is it any better? Like, where where's this infrastructure that we were supposedly building? Where's this, you know, all these schools? Like, the Taliban's, like, kicking people out of schools now. Yeah, that was one of the first things they did, wasn't it? Is Yeah. Yep, the women can't go to school anymore. Yeah. So, that was so. worth however many trillions of dollars we spent over there over 20 years. Trillions of dollars and thousands of lives and yeah. It's 
it's what um, an empire would do. It's what the Roman Empire did. They would go and they would conquer. They would go into another country, take it over, and improve it to some extent, just enough so that they could extract the resources out of it. I mean, there wasn't any other reason to do that. They would go to like Spain and just take it over and mine the gold with the local slaves. They would enslave the population, make a mine for gold. And that's why they were there. And they would do that for as long as they wanted to. It seems a very similar parallel to me. I just don't know what, you know, what the excuse necessarily or what the real reason was that we were in Afghanistan and Iraq particularly. I mean, you could say it was for the oil in Iraq, maybe. I don't know. It's really strange that you had all these people talking about that, you know, when it kicked off. Like, oh, Bush is just there for oil. It's war for oil. Where the documentation where, you know, where we actually developed the oil fields and sold the oil. Is that what we did over there? I don't even know. I think they were just, you know, that's just like an easy thing to sell to college kids. So like they protest the war when really you're over there to get the opium that you're also feeding them. Right. And yeah, they're just bait and switch. It's just bizarre to me. You know, what's the, wasn't uh, Vietnam was the longest war prior to this. And we were supposed to, they're fighting the communists, which, you know, we were fighting the communists there pretty directly. I mean, whereas it was a proxy war with Russia. Right. Um, Over, who, yeah, (laughs) I hear uh, weed grows really well over in Vietnam too. So you never know. Yeah. But why? It's just, it makes you so cynical. You just think of like, like a Roman general. The reason why, one of the major reasons why he would want to be a general is to make money. Because you could go and it's basically setting up your own kingdom. You get the backing of Rome. You get a, as many soldiers and resources as you want and you go there and you set up in a country and subdue the population and just make money and for you and your soldiers. Yeah. And almost it parallels so closely with the military industrial complex. It's almost as if they were running the show and just making themselves rich, like giant corporations just going and invading a country to make money. And you're making it both ways. You can make it from stuff you sell there. You can make it, and you're also making it through these government contracts that it, you know, you can charge the government 10 times what something is worth. You know, here we need rifles. Okay, well, it should be, you know, a freaking M16 AR platform, M4. It should be $1,000. And they're, you know, go ahead and charge the government 10000 per rifle. Just, 
So basically nothing's changed is what you're saying. No, I don't think anything's changed. America is the global empire at this point. Which, did you see that story about uh, Lloyd Austin going to the hospital? Yeah, I saw something about it. I just didn't care enough to like (laughs) read details. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really care either until I I was just thinking about it some more. I heard some people talk about it. I was like, wait a minute. He's the guy with the nukes, is he not? Oh, it's He's funny one of the guys you, with the nukes. You bring that up because I just read an article where, like, nobody, nobody really knows how to use the nukes anymore. Like <laughs> all the skilled people, thing. yeah, all the skilled people are 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 gone. Because. The president, right, he's got the football, quote-unquote. There's some package where he's got the switches, and he can throw them and fire all the nukes and drop the hat. We know Biden doesn't have that, and nobody in their right mind would let him around that. (laughs) So, okay, it's not him. It is his wife. Is it the vice president? No, it's the freaking secretary of defense who's got that, most likely. So then he goes and which this is what kind of cemented it to me is maybe he's the guy running the show. Maybe because he didn't even tell the White House that he was going to to do the surgery. And he was gone for the better part of two weeks. He was getting cut open. He was under anesthesia. He was. So then you would assume he would hand over responsibility to his deputy, right? Mm -hmm. He did sort of like maybe sent an email to her, I think, but she was on vacation in Puerto Rico at the same time. So did she have the nuclear football? Like Hmm. who, who's really running this show, man? Cause these people seem to not take it very seriously at all. Almost like they're figures, you know, who's got the, and it just, it pounds it back into my head over and over again that I think Obama is still behind the scenes running this. I think he or his lackeys are the real uh, government right now. I would agree. So is it Obama in the basement with the earpiece in? safely tucked away running things is that why all these people are just not taking their job seriously because they're just figures yeah i mean that's what it kind of seems like like they're all just like playing a part Mm -hmm. and i think i don't know i think like the bureaucracy is so deep in Washington that like they know, I think I read this somewhere, but I don't know. Um, like, cause our president only has like what, four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, three, I mean, three. I mean, yeah. if they're running again for reelection. They're not really yeah. doing anything in the last year. If they're, and then you maybe have eight, but I mean, you can have a bureaucratic job for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like already have the machine going and then it's just like 
you get another coworker, another yeah. figurehead. Yeah. So I don't like I. I don't know. Like I don't really think that uh, it matters. Like who the president is or who these senators are. Like I just saw a thing where Dan Crenshaw, both of our favorite. Yeah, wonderful um, guy. The pirate. Yeah, he's he's one of the leading um, people in Washington who benefits from insider trading. Like he's done like he's in the top three for highest stock performance. <laughs> Wonderful. So I mean it it doesn't matter, you know, Pelosi, Crenshaw. Like like it doesn't matter. Like all these people, like people just these psychopaths just go to Washington to do insider trading, get foreign money, sell out their country. Like the country is meaningless to them. Right. It's it's the money and it's the power. And so they go there and they make all this money and just like, you know, send poor kids off to war. Mm-hmm. I just read an article too where um uh what do you call it? Military enlistment is drastically down amongst white people. Hmm. And I mean, even so, like you didn't necessarily get like the guys that could afford to go to like Yale or something, you know, Harvard. Right. You know, you usually got blue collar kids or like Southern kids or, yeah, you know, whatever, as far as white people went. And then you, you got minorities uh, who generally don't make as much either. And th- those are the ones that are joining the military. So you're sacrificing, I mean, really like to continue this pessimism train, <laughs> like going back to like the eugenics movements of like the 19, the early 1900s here. I mean, this war machine is essentially just eugenics on a grand scale. Yeah. Potentially. Because I mean, you're wiping out minorities and poor whites of whom you deem all undesirable. Right. Yeah. If we, then that's why they're, you know, that's another reason why they're so gung ho to go to war, because it just doesn't matter to them. Yeah, because they're just sacrificing just these nameless pawns that like they they don't care about, right? Other than to get themselves a few more millions. And generally, the the global trend is we want less people. We only need the planet can only sustain five hundred thousand people or five hundred million, five hundred million. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah, that's their number. So it's like a win-win. Man, so sucks. <laughs> but you're right. The politicians, obviously, they, they... And that's the thing. You want to go along with the bureaucracy, too. Because that's how you know things work smoothly. You don't go in there and cause a stir. You go in there to to do what you're there to do, which is make money and get famous and rich. And you just, the thing runs itself. It really does. It, you know, the laws get written by interest groups who then profit from those laws. They just set the laws on the desk and you 
quote unquote vote on them or have somebody else vote on them for you. <laughs> yeah. And off you go. You get those good uh insider trading tips and you make a bunch of money. That's that. Yeah, I mean they don't even write the laws and they they probably don't even see these things like you just said. Somebody else writes them and they more than likely have a proxy vote. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they have no clue what's what's in these things. No, you couldn't possibly know what's in these laws. I think they're and, what are they? The new budget? They're gonna it's like a one point six trillion dollars. Yeah. I just don't even know. Like, oh, we got to stop the shutdown. They just passed these continuing resolutions. They just did it recently. What in uh, September and. I was just, I saw, just scrolling through the news, they're going to pass another continuing resolution for, so there's not a shutdown in March. It's just, they just, (laughs) the thing is absolutely running itself right now and nobody's trying to stop it. Yeah, we, as a nation, we haven't had a budget since, I think, Obama's first term. Mm. And how, like, how wild is that? Like when you think about it, like Just Dave Ramsey most... would be pissed <laughs> if he signed if he signed America up for his program. He would be so pissed. <laughs> That's like number one, right? You got to set a budget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't even know where the money's going. And they don't. No, like they times... do not. I mean. Oh man, what was it? It's like a couple months ago. I feel like I read an article where the Pentagon once again was like, "Yeah, we don't know where these trillions of dollars went." And it's just yeah. like, what? Yeah, there was a lady, and I think she was in San Antonio, just got caught stealing on the order of a hundred million dollars from the the uh, military. Just siphoning it off. Nobody knew she was doing it for decades just yeah it's just a hundred million dollars it's jump change nobody even noticed (laughs) they haven't that's the thing the panic the defense department they have not had an audit since 99 i think wow they're just they're just running wild we don't (laughs) we literally don't know how much money they're spending or where it's going that seems yes. a little suspect to me. It does. Mm. And then when last time people asked questions about it, they blew up the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we're going <laughs> to, there's however many $2 trillion missing from the budget. And then they blew up the, the trade centers. That shut everybody up. Yeah. Went to war. They, you know, didn't even, did they even. <sighs> Did they vote on that? Did anybody vote on the wars? <laughs> yeah, they did. I th- um, <laughs> and like a bunch of the supposed ant at the time when they ran in 2008, like I think Obama voted to go. I think Hillary, Joe, like they all voted to go. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. And like, I, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't like how, because like growing up, I grew up in like the eighties and like, so it's very like rah rah America, like pro America, pro patriotism, all that stuff. I I don't feel there's anything wrong with patriotism, but I do think it's disingenuous when I don't know you like you have to support the war or you're against the troops. Right. And it's just, I mean, no, I I don't support the war because I do support the troops. Like I don't want people dying. So a bunch of psychopaths in Washington can make millions of dollars. Exactly. And I don't want like innocent people in a far off land that ultimately like, this is going to sound bad maybe, but like means nothing to other people. You know what I mean? Like a kid in like Kansas isn't thinking about a family in Afghanistan or mm-hmm. Kazakhstan or, you know, whatever, you know, just like they're not thinking about some kid in Kansas. Right. You know, but like it, like all this death and destruction, like in the world, like doesn't need to happen. Like we don't need to go to war. Right. Like for really anything. Like I can't think of a war. Especially us. Yeah. Like post like 1812. And even then, like I can't (laughs) think of a war that we've been in that we needed to be involved in. No. Really? That's absolutely true. The world wars like stop the Nazis and all that. Like one, they were already going to get stopped regardless of our involvement. And two, when you look at the grand scheme of things, Nazism versus communism, like I've talked about before, like I don't think, I agree with Patton. I don't think we stopped the right guy. Yeah. Not that either is good, but they're they're almost like two sides of the same coin. So did anybody? They really, really are. Those I mean, wars? it's hard to argue. Which, yeah. yeah, we had however many years of communism after that, all the way until 1989. It's you know, and they were just slaughtering people and starving people and assassinating. You know, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to say, but they're not. They're equally bad. You know. The freaking Nazis were not better or worse than the communists. They were anti-human, psychopathic killers. You know, and we just picked a side. And that's the thing that, like, blows my mind that we just kind of, like, you would think they would talk about it in schools now with how basically, like, anti-history modern, like, government education is. But maybe that's why they don't, because mm-hmm. the government supplies the education, so they're not going to be the bad guys. But like <laughs> when you when you go to fight this war against this like great demon of Nazism, and the war ends by the Soviet Union and the American governments basically holding a draft and picking the top Nazi minds, and then instantly going to war with each other. Like what? Yeah. 
Like that, like how, if we were fighting the, if the American government was fighting the good fight against a country whose government took their ideas from the American government, and then we incorporated those ideas of ours that got taken farther than we could, incorporated those back into our government, and then go to war with the other people that basically knew what we did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, start, that seems way more shady than just, oh, yeah, we had to stop the, the krauts. Yeah. You know? Because we didn't even know about the the Holocaust, supposedly, at the beginning. So it wasn't like a noble cause in that respect. And we waited until the last minute, you know, for the Russians to do 75, 80% of the fighting and dying. And then we stepped in just to stop them from taking the whole thing so that we could get our piece of Germany. Yes. Yeah, just, it's I just mean, it just seems, it, it does seem diabolical. Like there's letters of praise back and forth between FDR and Hitler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitler was a big fan of the American eugenics movement at the time. Mm-hmm. And he took it like, to me, it's, that was kind of like a precursor to basically what we, what our intelligence agencies do now, where we outsource these things that like, if we got caught doing them in America, it would look really bad. Mm-hmm. So we just have these other things like bio labs in China work on diseases that we can't. Right. Yep. Just like too big. Whenever you get, there's just the government is too big. Whenever you get something that essentially runs the world, and that's what we did too. Is just knocked off all of our rivals yeah. over the the course of our history just knocked down every single one of them. Now the only one left is China that we've actually built. Yeah. Built that country. We've built China. We've built our own boogeyman in, I don't know. Um, what do you want to call it? Muslim terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. We, we built Iran. They were a peaceful Western nation. And then we, our intelligences are like, you know what would be sick is if we killed this guy because he won't sell to British Petroleum and we put in this guy who will. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that guy who we trained up, he starts creating, you know, he's like, hey, now that I'm in power, well, let's, you know, have this giant... Muslim like takeover of these countries and women who are able to walk around freely and be educated and dress in Western dress now have to like cover themselves and can't get educated. Mm-hmm. And that that's what our government did. Yeah. A hundred percent. So it's like, and now, Hey, great. Now we have, you know, a boogeyman to just, you know, for decades and decades, just be like, oh, it's it, it's the terrorists. We need to, I mean, I mean it, it's a great way to make money. Yeah. You know, if, if you create the problem and the solution and you just 
hey, we need money. All right. Hey, these guys blew something up. We got to go fight for 30 years. Right. You know, my hat's off to them. They know what they're doing. They know how to make money at the cost of human suffering and death. Yeah, they sure do. (laughs) But when all that means nothing to you, like, is that really a cost? No, it's not. It's it's actually a positive in a lot of respects. And then, I mean, and what they've proven at this point too is like it. It really doesn't matter at this point anymore either. If if people aren't in favor of the war, like they just don't care. They'll just do whatever they want. Yeah, you can't stop them because even if you know they're willing to just, even if you're not going to give them the money in Congress, they're just going to do it anyways. Because like we said already, the freaking defense department has not been audited we have no idea what they're spending money on and we don't even know who's making the damn decisions apparently yeah it's unreal yeah yeah it's they're they're really trying to kick something off with iran which i don't know enough about that like is it just because they're pumping the oil out and that's all we really care about. And they've been doing that relatively quietly. And they're, oh, isn't Iran talking about going off of the dollar? Yeah, I think they're in that BRICS thing. The BRICS, yes. So that's, that is a threat. Like, that's why they took out um, Gaddafi, isn't it? Because he was going to stop. Yeah, he was, he was going to go off the dollar. Yeah, he was going to do his own uh, gold-backed currency. Yeah. I was just hearing somebody talking glowingly of him, like how he just made that country run really well, and the people were doing a lot better under him. And then he just goes and even just suggests that he's going to go off of the dollar, and we go in there and just trash the place turn it into like the number one slave trade country in the world. <laughs> They're just selling I've read, people. I've read some things that, um, that, uh, that, uh, Benghazi. Yeah. That, that was part of, they let that happen because he found out about a lot of that stuff. Like they were the annex that he was at was, um, like gun running and stuff. Yeah. And maybe that's just like complete conspiracy and whatever, but I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it is kind of a weird, isolated incident. But that's what the, the intel agencies do is they're really good at manufacturing mobs of people to go and take other people out. That's yeah. like their primary uh, method of doing things is rousing up the populace. Guess where they got that from? Um. I don't know. Communist manifesto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that adds up. Man. It's also in rules for radicals. Yeah, that I know that for sure. But um yeah, I don't know like you can pick up like old like field manuals and stuff on like Amazon cuz they're like out of print or uh whatever. They've moved beyond that, you know. Yeah. Um outdated, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um and it talks about like, like I have a manual that talks about like insurgency and like how to like stir things up like that. Right. And it, it reads just like the communist manifesto does or rules for radicals does. It's the exact same thing. I mean, 
communism, it certainly was uh, an easy idea to sell. Very successful. Very popular. But man, which is so dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I'm like, I've read the manifesto and I've read uh, rules for radicals and it's so, it just annoys me that I don't know, a pseudo philosophical idea by a couple burnouts can like just take the world by storm <laughs> and create these murderous regimes. Yeah. And like, if if your idea is good, it'll take on. But if you have to use violence, I, I feel like your idea is not that good. That's that's a, probably a really good metric, actually. <laughs> if it involves <laughs> violence, although you know, you have to think too. The Declaration of Independence kind of calls for violence, not directly, but you know, overthrowing tyrants it. with vi- yeah. violence. I mean, that's to keep something. That's not to impose something. Right. So I feel like to protect something, I could see I could see a call for violence, but to impose something, to me, that's different. Yeah. Because if you, if you have to give something to somebody essentially against their will through threat of violence, that's not good. Mm. But if you have to protect something with the last resort of violence, then that to me is more noble. Yep. Yeah. It's just offense versus defense. Right. Still, there's some, some deep truth in there. I think that, you know, I don't think an idea really can be successful unless there is an element of really deep, truth and understanding about something maybe it you know it's twisted and turned on its head at that whole idea of twisting the truth yeah and that's what both those books talk about like it's the, the reason why it's upsetting to me and why i'm personally offended by the idea of it is it's it's basically just like your life sucks and it's because of these other people it's just this, it's that victim mentality that's so pervasive today. Yeah. And it's just like, instead of being self-sufficient and changing your own life, changing your circumstances, it's just blame others and then achieve what you want by taking from others mm-hmm. through violent means if necessary. Yeah, it's it's like, taking over people's rational minds and just turning them into a weapon that you can point at somebody else, which is, I just watched that Napoleon, <clears throat> the Napoleon movie. It's pretty interesting, but that's, was that any good? It was, it was good. I think they just made him out to be a little bit cartoonish. Oh. There wasn't a lot of depth to the movie at all. So I, it's not worth paying for i don't think but just from a just helping remember kind of what happened there it's pretty insane because that's that's is what happened you know the french population was just absolutely desperate you just get one guy with enough motivation and he just 
took all of Europe, made himself a freaking emperor. It's pretty impressive, but it's it's another just it's another example of that mentality. You know, just you take the people who are suffering and they went and just killed the king and trashed the country repeatedly. And he just pointed all of that frustration, anger at every country he wanted to and beat them real bad. Hmm. But it's, it is, there was a one part in there that was interesting, kind of a commentary. They, all the royal elites, the kings and rulers of the other countries, you know, Russia and the UK and Austria, I believe, Austro-Hungarian Empire, I think, maybe. They all met, got together, and they're like, we got to do something about this Napoleon guy. He's getting a little out of hand. He's some... He's not a refined gentleman. He's some upstart uh, Corsican barbarian. He's getting a little bit too big for his britches. Like there's one of the the dialogues where I think he was meeting with a representative of uh, it was the UK, and he's like, "Well, I really, you know, I respect you, but too bad you're not a gentleman." You know, they just despised him because he wasn't an elite. They just got together and put him down. Hmm. But kind of reminds you of other things. <laughs> I don't know, rambling on that, but it yeah, you know, it was interesting. He um, <clears throat> found the crown of France in the gutter and picked it up with his sword, and put it on his head. I, I think that was a quote. Something like that. I mean, I don't have anything wrong with see anything wrong with that (laughs) aside from killing all those people yeah millions millions of french and however many other people with bayonets and cannons yeah that bricks thing though has got me very concerned because i'm putting the pieces together and you know there's we we talk about taiwan and how the Chinese are going to invade that, and that's going to be the tipping point. And then we talk about right now. There's we have a bunch of warships, carrier groups sitting over in the by Israel. You know, because why not? You know, <laughs> whenever there's yeah. a a little bit of conflict going on, we got to stick our nose in there. And so they're getting shot at by uh, supposedly Iranian drones and rockets. And it's just like we're one small false flag away from fighting the BRICS nations. Just going all in and taking out Iran, going all in and World War Three in it with China. And they're going to do it. I mean, I'm telling you, they're going to do it. <laughs> they When have they not? If somebody threatens, that is the lifeblood of America is the the oil and the dollar that's backed with the oil. So you cannot, our global hegemony cannot stand without everybody being on the dollar. So it's a, it's just that. And what, what currency are they going over to the, 
the Chinese yuan or whatever, the BRICS nations, or do they have something else? Uh, I feel like they have something else, but I could be wrong on that. That is that more than anything, more than any kind of military posturing is a threat to America that the people in charge of this country will not let stand. So if they're serious about that, that that is the catalyst for World War Three. Um, isn't Bra- Brazil's in that too, right? Yep. That's the B. Yeah, I think they're the B and yeah. And in India. Yep. Man. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of heavy players. That's for sure. Yeah. They've got uh, all the people in my uh, estimation, like half the world. Something yeah. like that, at least. I mean, India and China alone is what? Three billion. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they win that fight. If they can keep it up long enough. Yeah. I mean, just almost an endless supply of meat shields and cannon fodder against yeah. an army of trannies. Like that's <laughs> to me an, an easy win. Run by old decrepit <laughs> brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> and just, Vicious psychopathic actors who uh, couldn't care less <laughs> about actually right. doing their jobs. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary time, and I think hey, is this is this the uh, year that it all goes to hell? Like all the predicting pro- predictive programming's been telling us, they seem oddly focused on the power grid, though. They do. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, well, it's that movie I was watching, the Obama produced uh, disaster movie. I I don't know what it's called. This is the end, I think. But that's that's the premise of it. I believe is uh, a cyber attack that takes out the grid. It does a lot more than that, but. That seems to be the uh, the zeitgeist. If they're uh, if the evil has to tell us what happens beforehand, they're kind of telling us that's what's going to happen in no uncertain terms. Hmm. Matt. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess not looking great. So here's something kind of interesting. So, like, in Revelation, it talks about, like, Gog and Magog. Okay. And, like, I've always, I could be wrong in this, I've always understood it. It was always taught to me as a youth that uh, it'd be, like, it's basically people north of Israel, so, like, Russia and China and really Iran. So, if you think about it, um, it's, like, all the stuff going on with, like, Israel and Palestine and these BRICS people and you're talking about World War Three. Like I feel like it is kind of setting up for like Armageddon or like you know, like you said, World War Three, where it's like these countries like go after 
Israel slash America. And like, there is no America in Revelation. Mm -hmm. So, but I also feel like there is because it talks about like the whore of Babylon. And I feel like America right. is the whore of Babylon. So that's just interesting, interesting to think about. Is that's, you know, that's, it is all centered around, you know, the, the, whatever the fighting in the fields of Armageddon, right? Isn't that kind of where the show goes down, but you know, you could, Israel has this plan. It's like mad, I guess, but they call it the Samson option. (laughs) It's just hilarious. If they're ever threatened enough with invasion or annihilation or say Iran shoots a rocket over, you know, with their nuclear program that they've supposedly been developing for like 40 years and are going to be, you know, they're going to have a nuke in two weeks for the last 40 years. But if they ever do, Israel has a plan to nuke every country around them. Just annihilate them. Wow. That'd be a very poetic start to the the end of the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really would. Just glass all the countries in the Middle East and maybe Israel survives and you know, I you know, in the end I don't know how devastating nuclear bombs Yes, they're very devastating if they hit a population center, but as far as wiping humanity out, I don't know. Um, I think you could still have some sort of ground fighting after something like that kicked off. Quite a bit of ground suits. Yeah, the mop gear. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that was all about. I mean, there's videos in the 50s of they would train, more or less experiment on soldiers. So they had um, artillery shells with nuclear bombs in them. They'd shoot it over the horizon and then train the troops to run into it. Um, you know, and dig foxholes and set bombs off pretty close to them and see what would happen. So I think it's entirely doable because they were they were planning out war gaming, uh, war in um, Germany against Russia, and didn't really have an answer to taking out the the T thirty four tanks or whatever later on they had better tanks but they had a ton of tanks and way more infantry so america's solution to that was uh tactical nuclear weapons fired with artillery shells so it's doable Hmm. (laughs) yeah so pessimistic it sucks (laughs) I'm i'm in a bad mood lately it's not, not good, good. Not happy, but yeah. So that's my go-to is just wargaming the, the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Is there anything good to talk about? <laughs> Sorry, cut you off. Um, I I'm starting this thing at. Uh, um, at the church, it's like this program called Exodus okay. 90. I don't know much about it, but it's like this men's group 
essentially. And I think it's, I think it's like an extended Lent, so to speak. And I don't know, you just like get together and like try to get better at like the small stuff, if that makes sense. So it'd be like, okay, I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah, like I think it's just like, I don't know, like praying every day and not uh, like not having a lot of screen time and that type of thing and just like holding each other accountable to that. So it's like not just like your wife saying, hey, like, I don't know, should spend more time with me, <laughs> you know? Where it's like that can like get into arguments. <laughs> Whereas if there's just like other right. dudes being like, hey man, you said you wouldn't do this. And it's like, yeah, good point. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. They don't know I'm not Catholic yet, so. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. They're going to kick you out. Maybe. Maybe burn you at the stake when it's all over. They've already ripped on <laughs> Protestants a couple times, so. I, I, Oof. Yeah. That's, I mean, you got to have a an antagonist whenever you're that um, committed to something. It's always got to be the baddies. Oh, I mean, pe- pe- lots of people have died because of that little dichotomy. Lots yeah. of people. Yeah. I think that Just was actually Ireland. a reason for some of the wars in Europe a major reason. Uh, I think I heard about this on Jordan Peterson, this Exodus 90 thing. Heard about what, which thing? Oh, this, oh really? Why 90? I would have picked 40. Seems more. I don't know. On, on brand. I don't know anything about it. They're calling it 90, but because of when oh, the start oh. date's actually going to be, they said it's actually going to be like 75 days. So okay. Do, but then they also were like... Once again, I would yeah, call it Yeah, if these things are... <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's like weird because it's like, if these things are like too hard, then just like back off on them. And it's like, well, what the heck? Like, are, are we doing this or are we not? You know what I mean? Like, I want like if I'm gonna do it, I want to be like all in on it. You know, I don't want to just do something that I can just yeah. be like, ah, you know. I feel like that's not the way to do it. <laughs> like I another mean, that's one's the like way things have gone for the last twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not into it, man. Man. Like I, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. Not into working out every day. Like I'm. No, I, I'm into that. But like they're saying, like if that's too much for you, then like you don't have to work out every day. Well, then like don't make that a thing. Yeah. Don't make that one of the 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 disciplines or whatever they call it. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know because then it's just like everybody's got time to work out. Everybody does. You don't need anything more than an hour. So, like, if you don't have an hour, that's crap. I don't care how many kids yeah. you have. I don't care what kind of job you do. 
It's one hour a day. You have 23 hours in a day. You can work out. Right. Yeah, that's, it's the, that just right there sticks in my craw, as it were. The whole softening, softening, especially of Catholicism, like trying to cater to the soft generation. Like he had, we're going to do this really rigorous thing, but if you don't really want to stick with it, then that's fine. That bugs me. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know. I just view it as like, how how's anybody going to hold me accountable or I'm going to hold anybody else accountable if I can just do basically whatever I want? Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. Man. You just got to be like a the real hard ass in the group. Just be like peeking <laughs> in people's windows and <laughs> tracking them down. Hey, hey. <laughs> the only non-Catholic and I'm taking it more serious than anybody. Right. <laughs> you go to, I assume they all the other people are going to the same church, but you're like, go to daily mass there every day just to make sure they're going. <laughs> yeah. Well, one guy was like, oh, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen you here. He's like, are, are you guys new? I was like, no, we've been going for like I don't know, a little over a year. He's like, oh. He's like, yeah, we go to like the 7.30 a.m. on Sunday. Right. And he's like, oh, that's too early for me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, it's early. But like, you know, we do it. And it's just like if you get up early and like work out in the morning – like it's it sucks, but it sets the tone for your day. Yeah, you know. So it's like if you just get up and like force yourself to get up, and like do the biblical thing of like denying yourself sleep, <laughs> mm. and I don't know, like it works, and then you just like you have a better day. Yeah. So like I don't know, I don't I don't believe in like too early. Yeah. That's like for anything. That's a good, um, yeah, I think that's pretty solid. I got no arguments with that, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see what happens. See well, what happens. I don't know. I'm kind of excited for it just cause I don't know. I can at least ask a bunch of Catholics questions that I have. Yeah. Probing questions. So be, see yeah. if they put them on the, the hot seat and see if they actually know. Yeah, I'd like to. That sounds great. Like, I'd really like to talk to, like, one of the priests, but we'll see. Oh, is that not part? He The priest like, is... They're kind of in, they're kind of involved, but they want... I don't know, dude. Like, I don't really fully understand what they were saying. They're, like, they're going to be there, but sometimes, and they're not running it. Mm. So... And I think we're meeting like every Saturday and they're going to have coffee. But like one of the things is you're not supposed to like one of the disciplines is like not doing like sweets and junk food and stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, well, we'll have coffee and (laughs) well, we'll have something for you guys. (laughs) We'll just sit in a circle and whip each other. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) That'd be real commitment. (laughs) Man, 
That's great. I don't know. No eating between meals. Just do like one meal a day. Make it real tough. I, I mean, I already do that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> anyway, so that's not really a thing. And like one of the things was like, oh, you can't really drink. And it's like, well, I don't drink anyway. Yeah. Well, shoot. It's going like, to be too easy. Yeah. Like half the things is like, I mean, if anything, I should drink for this. <laughs> Punish yourself. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of like a, a hard on yourself thing. It's just wake up hungover every day. <laughs> yeah, being in your 40s, waking up with a hangover. Yeah, that is crazy tough. <laughs> you should float these ideas and see what they say. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bring it up. We'll see what happens. <laughs> You're going to get kicked out of this thing. <laughs> I probably will. I probably will. Start asking about... <laughs> Start asking questions about the Pope. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, that's like top of the list. <laughs> so you know he's a communist? <laughs> I just... And it bugs me because like I could, I could see myself converting, but like the Pope thing is just... That's an absolute no-go for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I I cannot get past it, and I cannot support that. Even if he wasn't a communist, like, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of slaps you in the face a little hard when, you know, the communists have taken over the church so completely that the Pope is now a communist. Right. It's just a little much for me. They won. I think they won already, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it's been part of their their plan is to yeah. infiltrate religion and basically wipe out religion. It's that um uh it's making the rounds now. It got played on Joe Rogan, so of course everybody in their everybody in the world's talking about it, but the Paul Harvey clip from the 60s about if I were the devil. It's pretty, uh, yeah, pretty uh, spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worked. Yes, it has. Like, Protestantism is so watered down now that just, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, a lot of modern Protestantism is just, I don't know, like a pseudo Christian version of new ageism. Yeah. Which is, that's the hard part about that. Like at least with the Catholic church, you could say that you're tracing something back to at least the council of Nicaea or whatever you could say, you know, if you just forget about all the anti popes and the corruption and you know, all the modern things, you could say it's consistent, but Protestantism yeah. kind of, yeah. the The tenant of it is you can break off and start your own new sect at any point, and there's not really a consistent framework aside from the Bible, right? Yeah, so it's it's kind of designed even then, to there's, fraction. There's like twenty different translations of the Bible, so it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, you got the classic Kim, King James version where some corrupt king just rewrote it so said he could get divorced. 
I think. <laughs> no, I think you're conflating uh, Henry VIII um, bailing on the Catholic Church and creating the Church of England. Ah, uh, yes, King yes, James. you're right. I did, I did, I did conflate. But that. yeah, he did. He did do that because he wanted he wanted Anne Boleyn. Um, but no, I got, um, I've got several, I'm trying to collect different versions of the Bible. And right now I have a 1611 King James and I have a a more modern King James with like the Apocrypha still in it. Oh, really? Yeah. What's, what's the Apocrypha specifically? Is that the, um, revelation? Do they not have that? No, they do have it, but um, there's a lot of books that, like, the Catholic Bible, which I think is, like, an English standard version um, mm-hmm. that they have that Martin Luther basically took out. So it's got those and some additional ones in there, um, like the Maccabees. Okay. Uh, oh, I got it right here. Hold on. Let's see. I had all those books memorized. I just... I don't think I've ever read a King James Bible, so I don't know what they don't have. I I grew up on a King James Bible um, without the Apocrypha in it. So it's got First and Second Ezra, Tobit, Judith, Additions to Esther, Wisdom of Solomon, Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, Song of the Three Young Men, Susanna, Bella Song and the of the Dragon. Three Young Men. I've never heard of that. I don't know. It says books of apocrypha, prayer of Manassas, like... first, second, third Maccabees. Bell and the Dragon sounds like a C.S. Lewis book or something. What now? I said Bell and the Dragon sounds like a C.S. Lewis book. What is That's that? That's in a the book apocrypha. In yeah, it's what it says. I haven't read it yet. In the chat. <laughs> Literally, C.S. Lewis, that guy, <clears throat> he's, he's really into animals <laughs> and dragons. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bell and the Dragon. I just read those or I listened to those two sci fi books, and it just, it really, it, you know, the first one, they kind of, he kind of obfuscated a little bit. The second one was straight up Narnia with all the talking animals. There were a lot of animals, mm. and they were there, and they alluded to the fact that the Venusians would teach them how to talk at some point. But the whole—I I don't know if I'm ruining. Are you going to read this book, or do you care if I spoil? Yeah, it? well, I got them. I got them on my desk right here. Oh, I mean, so it's not yeah, really spoiling it. <laughs> I just knock them out this week. They look yeah, thin. they're pretty. Third one looks thicker. Yeah. I couldn't get past that one, the cover, but I'm going to listen to it at some point. The third one. I don't know. Right now I'm working on they're worth it. We have faces. Oh, yeah. That's right. Is that as interesting as I sold it to be? Um. I don't fully know You're what it's about, it. but I'm only like what, like four chapters in, three chapters in. So I'm not, I'm not that far into it yet. I've been slacking oh, okay. on my reading. I don't think it would. 
I don't think it would re I actually think it, it helps if you know what it's about. Um, so I might as well just tell you that because after I read it years ago, a couple times, and then I found out what it's about and it actually makes a lot more sense. It's the, uh, Cupid and Psyche, um, myth. It's a retelling of it from his perspective. Okay. Right. I, I guess I don't even know I think, that I mean, myth, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was just, it's, I think it makes it a lot more understandable that way, obviously, because otherwise you're just like, what the hell is this about? It's pretty, there's some, I mean, it's just deep. I, I think it's deep. Like I felt like I had to read it multiple times to really understand the motivations, but it's just the, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a good, a good book to read multiple times. And knowing that it's right. about that, but really it's the relationship of, you know, people to gods, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of getting into that um, I don't know, in the chapters I've read where talking about like Zeus and Aphrodite and um, this third sister is uh, Psyche, I guess, is uh, like a full goddess or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. I want to read it again. I, now. Just, <laughs> yeah, I didn't fully know what it was about. I'm stoked for these uh the uh space trilogy. That should be interesting. It's fun. Yeah, it's it really got me convinced that J.R.R. Tolkien flew to Mars in a Nazi spaceship. <laughs> hmm. I'm not I mean, ruining it. I mean, it's possible. It's like, <laughs> he's so convincing. And then he just hammers it home again and again. It's, it's a good read. I, I just, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, told me about those. Nice. I'm not, I swear I'm not, not ruining anything. That's literally like first <laughs> beginning of the book. So, <laughs> oh, I haven't well. read any of his novels other than uh, Narnia. Oh, I guess screw tape letters. Yeah. I've read a lot of his theology books. Right. I, yeah. The, the Great Divorce is on my list, too. I want to read that. Oh, yeah, that's a novel, too. But I feel like just reading the Narnia, and he just, he writes exactly the same. His sci-fi is Narnia, for except Narnia is for kids. It's just he rewrote the sci-fi into Narnia to make it more, uh, he just dumb it down even more, I guess. He's just mm. like, I feel like I'm getting beat upside the head every time I read one of his books. But it's still, it's really good. I mean, he's a really good writer. Should I? 
I just pulled up my Audible on my phone. I have three credits. Should I? I have the physical copies of the Space Trilogy and Two We Have Faces, but should I use an audio credit on that? <laughs> well, that might be worth it to listen to at work. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's just so hard to put the the time aside to sit down and just focus on a book. It's so much easier to just because that's what I did. I was just driving all week, so I was listening to that in the car. That's how I got through them so quick. Yeah. So I mean, I would I would suggest that. The only thing is, with your Exodus ninety thing, are you even going to be able to do that? I mean, I feel like reading has to be involved in there. Well, and it's C.S. Lewis too, so. Yeah. It's got some crossover. Yeah. That's that should, I don't know. That should be it. You should I, suggest books for everybody to read too and force them to do that. <laughs> I feel like Catholics like Tolkien a lot more. Hmm. And like Protestants like C.S. Lewis more. Wasn't wasn't Lewis Tolkien Catholic? Was Catholic? Tolkien was Catholic. No, it was Tolkien. Okay. That's funny, the parallels there. I could just expound upon <laughs> the style of writing and compare it to the religious <laughs> thinking. Yeah. That's interesting that they were such good friends then, too. It it really feels like, too, that Lewis like really wants to be able to write something like The Lord of the Rings, but he just doesn't quite have the horsepower to do it. It's like freaking Tolkien made up his own languages and stuff and just these unbelievably elaborate backstories. If you start reading the, the Silmarillion, you're just like, whoa, I can't even get through it. I've tried multiple times to get through the <laughs> Silmarillion, and I just, the names, I get lost. I get lost in the ridiculous names. Yeah, I think, I don't know, like, I think they set out to do different things. Like, I think Lewis wanted more of a direct allegory mm. whereas Tolkien I think I mean he just he created his own world mm-hmm. his own universe with like yeah his own history his own languages like he took it to like the nth degree but I think that's not completely what Lewis was looking to do his was more just a straight allegory man I've always read The Lord of the Rings for just the story perspective, but dang it, it is. They got that message in there, didn't they? They did. They sure did. I never considered bringing the ring to Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Frodo going to, the, to heaven at the end. Dang it. How have I not seen that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, at least we're not on a dark topic. <clears throat> topic. Yeah, we picked it up at the end. Yeah. 
I want to read some more books now. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, we call it for the day. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, we'll do it. Do it again next week. All right. Until next time. Try to not be so dark next time. <laughs> I feel we say that every time. Yeah, it's just it's so hard not to not to go dark, but. Well, anyways, you have a good rest of your uh, weekend. All right, you as well. All right, thanks. All right, bye. podcasts and waste of time get out of here get out of here people you're wasting your life (laughs) 